Circuitous Conversations with Bill and Dan, episode 25. Uh, and uh, Dan, you have a list for us to discuss today. Well, a little list. Uh, I was thinking it's been a, a little while since we talked about camera and computer stuff. True. So uh, uh, recently at work, I have uh, been working on this big <clears throat> equipment upgrade project where we basically uh on a i would say every two years we try to refresh our equipment that especially the heavier heavier uh duty stuff the stuff that goes into the field and things that are relied upon most um yeah do they trust you with those decisions yeah it's it's kind of actually it's like when i started the project it was really uh one of those situations where it, it it seemed like no one else had the interest at all to do it. Uh, so I kind of like picked up the ball and just ran with it. It wasn't like someone handed it to me and was watching me over my shoulder kind of thing. Which is odd because this is what dorks like you and me like doing, and it's on somebody else's credit card. I, it was pretty pretty sweet, man, because in the past, um, as, as you know, I've, you know, I've worked as an IT guy, and when you work in the, in the IT biz, it's not unusual for you to be – um, part of this process as far as like being the guy who, who just, you know, builds a bunch of machines, like you get brought in and then like, here's a whole box full of parts and put all these things together. Or yeah. sometimes you're on the other end and it's like, okay, well you're working with somebody and, and then you basically help them figure out what to buy. And then, you know, and then you do that and then they, you know, then someone else puts it together. Um, you know, or if you're on the other end of that, you, you know, you, you, you go to talk to somebody and, ask them what to buy and then you're the one who who pays for everything and works out all the financing and all that stuff and then someone else puts it together but for the first time ever um on on, at least on this scale um i did the the entire thing you know i basically got in touch with uh various various vendors and got quotes and then we worked out uh, an arrangement for a a lease which is basically like you know a big loan with a with a one dollar buyout at the end of the two year period, um, and then you know, and then when when the stuff arrived, it was pretty much up to me to put it all together. Gotcha. Yeah, so it was kind of so. Uh, what kind of kind stuff? Of fun. Well, we did a lot of stuff. Um, the The bulk of it was computer stuff, and there was also some camera stuff as well. Okay, computer stuff and camera stuff are stuff we know about. Yeah, exactly. Um, so camera wise, we, uh, as I might've mentioned in the past, we have uh, a handful of phase one digital backs for our medium format cameras. And we decided to, uh, and you know, again, since I'm also in charge of, uh, managing all of the equipment rentals, um, you know, I logically, I approached the the list of stuff that we should get logically, or at least as logically as I could, um, trying to minimize our rental costs. Yeah. You know, so, I what are the out, things and, that we rent the most? Exactly. What are we spending the most money on rental? Uh, and 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 you know, also taking into consideration the stuff that we own, as far as like, what do we own that we never that never gets sent out anymore? You know, what right. should we re- what should we re- be replacing? Um, since it's not just really as a, a, a quick anymore. aside, what 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 is on the list of things that you own but don't go out often? Um, that's that's a good question. You know, I would say at this point, given the like over the past three to six months, yeah. uh, our Canon Canon gear hasn't been 
hasn't been going out too too often. It's probably our least least common stuff right now. The can because everyone's beer. just using the medium format. Yeah, um, peop, you know the, the 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 two most popular systems are the uh, the Hasselblad the H the H and the V, right? Um, and then uh, we did just um, we just uh, made a, a a sort of a a leap of faith into the Phase One six four five system as well. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, um, the re- reason being because I've been getting more and more questions about it from some of our photographers who are like ready to try it, who've like heard it's cool. And because, it, uh, you know, six months ago it was really hard to get. There's only, you know, two or three uh, places in town that only had like one or two of them. And there were a couple of times where I just flat out couldn't get it because they're, you know, they're so in demand. Okay. The advantage being, well, the thing that the people seem to really dig about that camera is, uh, are, are the lenses. They have, they have this phase one now has this, this arrangement with, uh, Schneider, um, uh, who makes these really nice lenses, even though they're, they're made in Japan. Um, they are just, they're really, really nice lenses and they all have the new ones. Anyway, all have, uh, leaf shutters, um, which are in the lens and are capable of synchronizing with a strobe at speeds of up to one sixteen thousandth of a second. Wow. Uh, that's crazy. With, yeah, you have to use one of the two faster, newer, uh, phase one backs with that. Uh, the but that's P- very specialty kind of stuff. Yeah. It's P 40 or P 65. But, um, but yeah, that, those are, those are pretty cool. And then the other thing is that, uh, I personally don't look at this as a, as an advantage, but some people really dig the fact that the, the camera, the, just the, the design of the body, it's, it's really simple. It's really simple. It almost feels like a, like a glorified point and shoot. Um, isn't it very, isn't it similar to the Mamiya six, four five? Uh, if it is, I, I wouldn't know because I've never seen one. Um, okay. I, but it does. It, yeah, it, it is based on that um, camera mount, so you can take Mamiya six four five camera lenses right. and slap them on there. But uh, naturally, those are all manual, so you'd have to do all of the, uh, you know, all of your adjustments by hand. Uh, you know, what's interesting is the uh, um, the Hasselblad H lenses are all made in Japan too. Correct. All of those Fuji yeah. lenses, right? That, that's right. So, I mean, it's, there's probably something to that. Although, you know, I, I'd really like to blind taste test some of these people or see if they actually are doing anything that requires this new gear or if they're just like, hey, we got the budget. Why not try the new gear? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good question. <clears throat> okay, so, uh, so you decided to buy one of these things? Yeah, well, the, the way it sort of shook out is just like I said, we, we, got, we, we just got maybe four or five requests in a row for it over a, a four or five week period. Uh, and we did have one, one photographer who actually did want it. Um, and I figured the, the additional cost, um, to, uh, so we were upgrading all four of our backs, which was going to cost, and this is something really cool about, about phase one is that they, they, you can actually send in your old one and they'll basically buy it back from you. Um, and you know, the more you have, the better, the better deal you can get. So the fact that we were doing all four at the same time, they gave us a really nice, discount and it basically turned out to just for easy math's sake let's say i was able to get all four backs done uh upgraded for like 50k basically for the price of like a little more than one one new one um so for and for another ten thousand dollars basically i was able to 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 get that entire camera system you know the body and the three lenses that they have for it 
Right. Um, which, uh, you know, again, I know it's a lot of money, but in the big picture, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to see what the markup is because all, all of those sensors are made by Kodak, aren't they? I think so. Doesn't Kodak. Make I think all the, those? the big ones so are. Yeah. It I would think. be interesting to see if, how much those sensors cost per thousand. You know what I mean? Like if you're buying the chips or whatever, yeah. uh, I bet you they cost a thousand dollars a piece or something. Something, and but you, you know, I mean, you know as well as I do that a lot of oh, times sure. markups have to take into consideration all of the overhead that goes into the supporting the product. As far as no, absolutely, R&D and I think that, that and, yeah. I bet you, I bet you the supporting the product, even I mean the the the, the phase one software and having people on the phones when yeah. something breaks. Totally. Um, I think all of that probably doubles the price yeah. of some of these things. No, it's totally true. I bet you if you wanted to make a consumer version that didn't have all that stuff, it would be half the price. Oh, I would. Yeah. And, and some people are starting to do that, too. I mean, you, you're starting yeah. to see these large sensor, high megapixel cameras in sort of all-in-ones for like 15, 20K, with, you know, the whole yeah. thing. Which is, There's I mean, that weird it's still, Leica S1, too. Yeah, it? it's the S2. Um, we've actually had our hands on that a couple times and, uh, it's cute. I mean, it's, it's a really nifty camera if you're, if you're really, if you really like the whole Leica thing, but, um, honestly from a straight up, like if you were to line up three or four different cameras and have me pick them up and play with them, that one would be at the bottom of the list, man, just cause sure. it's just so slow and clunky. I mean, if you, don't get me wrong. It's really cool because the one, well, the, the one cool thing about it is that it is essentially just a giant SLR. I mean, it really does feel just like a, like yeah. a big ass Nikon or Canon. Um, but, but from the user interface point of view and to the, the fact that there's only like two lenses available for it right now. Well, when, when it comes to the Leica stuff, it, it's it's M and then there's everything else, you know. There's, yeah, it's true. The, the M stuff is special. The rest of it's like, well, you know, if you're into the R series SLRs or you know whatever. Yeah, well, we, we've 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 had to rent the M9 a couple times too, um, you know, for one or two photographers who really, who I guess, didn't want to spend the money on it themselves. Um, and I mean, I again, I, I I guess I get it, but from a straight up functionality, you know, practical standpoint, I, but you've never been a, you've never been a rangefinder shooter. Yeah. It just doesn't do anything yeah, it's, for me. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, it grows on you. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and I, the, I mean, I've heard, I've heard great things about the image quality on the M nine and I've heard great things about the handling and all that kind of stuff. I've heard that it's slow to start up. I've heard that the battery doesn't last very long. Yeah, and the um, and then the you know user interface. It's like yeah, they could have taken no, you, a, a you know that a page. kind of camera. What you do is you keep the screen off entirely. Yeah, and pretend you just it's take film. pictures and you come home. Yeah, you pretend yeah. it's film. Yeah, because um, yeah, uh, they, they could have taken some notes from from Canon. You know, I would love one for from the point of view of like a travel camera. Yeah, you know, I sure. I would carry that in a couple lenses when I travel. Yeah, the one thing that's um, awesome about that is it's fucking tiny. I mean, it's like yeah, the lenses are little and the yep. camera's little and it's solid. I mean, you cannot you cannot. Uh, oh, there are tanks. Them, yeah. yeah. The only weird thing is that like it feels like there was plenty of room for them to either put um, uh, an advance wind like a lever, oh, you know, like a winder yeah. level level lever up on the top of there, or a motor, because all you need to do is recock the shutter um, if you wanted to be all, you know. I, I think they should have gotten rid of the motor that recocks the shutter and have you do it manually with a lever. Well, but that's just, yeah, exactly. Because it automatically, because it makes that, it's like, <laughs> it makes that weird ass. I like, know, I know. I don't it, like the sound. I don't either. I think it should be straight up manual. Uh, it, would, it would look cooler yeah. and I think it would be quieter. Well, the, yeah. I think Epson had a rangefinder about eight years ago. Oh, the, the took, Lumix or something or other? 
No, uh, well, Panasonic made those, but the, the Epson made a weird rangefinder that took Leica M glass. Oh, I remember it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it had an S. It was like an it had an S in the name. It may have, yeah. Anyway, th- but it was. Um, I think it was manually cocked shutter. So basically, it was just it just replaced the sensor, the film with sensor, you know, <laughs> and everything else just sort of stayed the same. And in many ways, that's what I think. That's ultimately what people want, you know. Yeah. Some people, as it is, the majority of the people who use the M9 are probably like rich doctors and that kind of stuff. It's true. It's really, Um, it's really true. But anyway, so okay, so 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 you bought some new phase stuff. So we got the new phase stuff, um, and that was a nice, a nice treat. Uh, There was a nice little bonus on top of that. I was led to believe that um, I would, you know, when I went actually went to uh, Digital Transitions is the name of the the biggest. Phase yeah, one they call me all the time. Dealer, <laughs> uh, so we went to Digital Transitions, um, you know, on the day that we we're gonna um, do the do the upgrade, and I, I was told I just needed to bring just the backs, you know. So I, so I put the four backs. We have four, and I put the four backs in a camera bag, and I was expecting to to you know just do an even you know even Steven swap, you know, and then come up, come back home with four backs. But it turns out that they were able to give us um, the entire kit, um, which essentially is a little. Um, Pelican case, you know, like a little pe- Pelican 15, uh, 1500 series Pelican case, uh, which alone is like worth a hundred and something bucks. Uh, yeah. and then it's filled with all of these awesome little, ex- it's basically the same kit that you get when you rent, uh, a phase one back from, you know, Adoram or any other rental company, which is basically, you know, there's the back and then it's got, you know, some long firewire cables, some batteries, a battery charger, a cleaning kit, a compact flash card, a firewire compact flash card reader, um, color chips, you know, color chips and, and I don't know, one or two, oh, some sync cables and other stuff, you know, good, I would say sure. easily a good two to $300 worth of accessories. Um, so we got that, you know, we got four of those, um, which is kind of cool. Um, so now I have like, I have doubles of all that other stuff and I can retire some of our older beat up stuff and not have to worry about buying new batteries and power adapters and stuff like that. So that was kind of nice. Um, so yeah, now we have, uh, now we're, we're, we're super current and we have this, uh, the new six, four, five system in and, uh, we're psyched about it. You know, I, actually, I need to spend some time with it so that I'll be able to help troubleshoot it over, over the phone if we run into any trouble. with The one thing that sucks about it, man, and it's funny because I, I was just reading up on uh, Canon Speedlights because we, we actually own a 580 uh, at work for our Canon system. And, man, I, I got to tell you, when, when did it – how is it still okay for uh, a, a technology you know, company to make a product – that requires special little proprietary like programmer codes to, to, to change basic functionality of the of the device. You know, it's like you have to drop yeah. into like function mode and then you have like functions double zero through sixteen. And then and yeah. then and then you have to like and then you have a zero and a one, like to flip it on or off. Yeah. And it's like there's no there's no user interface to speak of. It's just like you, yeah, you're you need... charging me five hundred dollars for this thing <laughs> like, that has what? not any kind of inter- user interface. <laughs> it's, in it, yeah. it just really threw me. And so the Canon thing, I'm like, all right, well, Canon Canon's sometimes stupid, and they, you know, they're, they've never been particularly um, on the ball when it comes to the the user interface design <clears throat> on their higher end products. Um, anyway, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Canon point and shoots. I think they've they've come a long way, and they they're really great and easy. Um, but so, so yeah, I was just trying to figure out how to adjust the sleep time, like how to tell the stupid flash not to go to sleep after 30 seconds or whatever, you know, or standby right. mode. Um, <clears throat> and I remember just that taking me way too long to figure out. 
Um, and then, you know, when we got this phase one camera, the 645, and it has the same fucking thing. You have to, you know, put the thing into CF mode, which is uh, custom function mode. And then you have this giant list of like 60 some odd functions, um, which that you have to reference on a piece of paper. Yeah. And you need it. You need the manual to to figure it out. And it's like, you know, well, I mean, <laughs> this this goes back to the fact that none of these medium format cameras are. They're not friendly. They're, you know what I mean? They're, well, I do know. They're, they're, yeah, I hear they're expensive because they don't make that many of them, and most of the companies that make them are not big companies. And I, I guess, you know. but man, I got to tell you, the the ten year old Hasselblad H one and H two, as ugly and as plasticky and junky as they are, because you know, I mean, they're predominantly made out of plastic and they don't hold up terribly well. And it's you know not bad for a ten year old camera, but still, th- that little thing had a nice little you know active LCD screen. With little icons and easy to read words and control knobs and, again, but I remember even a couple of years ago, like yeah. the, ba- the the screens on digital backs. You know how some of them, you know, have the yeah. screens on them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the interface is horrible. Yeah. The screens are really no, low res. It's, it's like, what is the point of this it's being true. on there? Period. Well, I, I, it's true. I mean, most of that stuff. Your two hundred dollar compact has a better screen than the forty thousand dollar medium format. Back. Well, dude, in the old days, the, the original ones, like the P twenty five, didn't even have a fucking screen. <laughs> you needed yeah. to plug that thing into your computer, uh, and that's where all the controls were were uh, handled. So I, I don't know. Anyway, that I just thought I'd throw that out there. But other than that, the. Um, the the you know the build quality the way it feels in your hand the brightness of the viewfinder is pretty pretty nice i mean it, it's sure. it's way cleaner and brighter looking than than the h system which is nice and uh and uh i don't i'm trying to think of anything else that's cool about it but uh, anyway so so that's that's one, that's the newest stuff that we got on the on the camera side we also picked up um the uh the canon 100 millimeter 28 macro lens just cuz i kept renting that um, which is, I gotta say, that's a great lens, man. Um, I put that, you know, I, 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 that is supposedly a very nice lens and I've been thinking about buying a macro lens just to fuck around with myself. That's, that's but a good I, one, man. You should get I it. I know. I just can't spend $600 on something just to fuck around with. Well, it's more know? than that. I think it's closer to 800 bucks. Okay. I, you know, I was actually thinking about just buying a cheap set of extension tubes just to play with the stuff I've got. Well, to, to just bear in closer. mind that they don't, extension tubes only work on a specific number of uh they don't work on wide lenses they only work on long ones i think you could actually i don't even think you could put it on your 85 you, no you, i you probably could put, use you could it mostly put it on, on my your, 50 maybe i don't think that would work either uh no i, I th- it was all all the lenses that i use actually the 85 does too is compatible with the with the tubes all, um, all of them i don't think so the 85 one two was Maybe, maybe I'm also yesterday. I'm probably thinking all, of the, all of the lenses that I own. I'm thinking of the two X converter too. You're probably talking about like the one seven or the one four. Yeah, well, uh, actually, these are these. No, not the not the converters, but just these weird. Ex- they're different than the two X converter. They're like these shorter extension tubes. Oh, they don't have any glass lenses. in them. No, they're oh, okay. just basically they're just they're just extending the sure, sure. The no, space between the yeah. I misunderstood. So, but they're like a hundred bucks for no, yeah, these yeah. things, and man. you can get third party ones too. Uh, I'm yeah. talking, I was talking about the Canon ones, the, the telecommuters yeah, yeah, that yeah. actually have. Oh yeah, those those. Yeah, I don't need a, I don't need any of that stuff. Yeah. If anything, I like things wider. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, dude. Um, um, anyway, so yeah, so you got the you got the the one hundred two eight. Yep, and um, I think that's about it, camera wise. Um, so what'd you get computer wise? Well, we decided that one when you know I, I did some some basic research talking to our field guys the, you know our techs the guys who go out on the on the shoots and um it turns out that the the worst part of the job is uh is that you are almost always the last person to leave the set 
because um, you're you, you're basically stuck processing your raw files into TIFFs or JPEGs to put on a hard drive or a disk to hand to the photographer um, so that, you know, or, or just backing it up because there's a general rule. Which of, just kills me that any, any photographer would want J, JPEGs and TIFFs when they shot raw. No, well, for, like, f- for proofs, for reference. I know, but even for proofs, like, you, I mean, you know, depending on how those raw things were set, there's all kinds of information that might be in there that you oh, think got lost. Or, you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy, dude. It's great. Well, it's yeah, I also understand that we, we're, we also do on-the-spot um, profiles and processing. Yeah. You know, so we actually have, you know, th- these photographers also like, you know, the expectation is in place now where we're basically treating the photo as far as raw processing is concerned, kind of as they're shooting, like we tweak, a, sure, we tweak the profile so that it kind of looks like it, like they want it to look, you know, right on the screen as they're shooting, right. which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. But although, although just hold on a second, just back up for a minute and, and tell me that that's not like, this is, this is not rocket science though. Well, no, you know it's, what I'm like I, I just, it just amazes me that th- there's a lot of things that are done in high end photography now that are not, difficult things to do but still impress people who don't know absolutely absolutely i mean it's the just other thing that we like do, stuff that like back in the film days would be like oh you can process it here it's like well yeah actually i'm just clicking this button and say default to this one when you load new raw files right well <laughs> you know again, like, we, we we also you know uh have our own special customized profiles that look a certain way uh and sure. then some of our clients actually have you know have paid us to build them their own uh like proprietary personal profiles um, Again, something that sounds like a sham to me, but okay. Well, but but you have to remember these people are old school film shooters who I don't know. ever touch the computer. They, they you know they've never. It's like they've never set foot in the darkroom either. They were not like you know these. I know these guys weren't the, the you know all they were responsible for is putting the shoot together, making it look the way it's going to look, and then pushing. But the it's shutter funny button. that it, they still think that it's magic. Well, is what I guess so. Me up. I guess so. I mean, it's, anyway, go it's ahead. The fashion business. What do you want? So um so yeah, yeah. anyway, what sucks is that uh, you know, and then there's also a general rule of thumb that I like to try and um, hammer home to the guys. And that is that uh, in my, in my experience, maybe you can weigh in on this. Uh, I've never personally, at least I can't really think of any time. I've never, I've never experienced a hard drive failure during um, like while I was using the computer. Um, I would say yeah, 95%, of, yeah. 95% of the time, if a hard drive is going to fail, it's going to make that start up or shut exactly down. after a reboot or after a shutdown. It's always like you turn the computer on and then it's failed or you plug the hard drive in, turn it on and then it's failed. But while the machine is actually up and running, you kind of still, even if, even if the hard drive is in a state of failure, you still kind of have access to it. You can still, you know, use it so to speak. Yeah. Um, so, so that all said, I, I've kind of like made it, uh, I've tried to impress upon anybody who I've, I've, I've dealt with to like, you know, it's always a good idea to back up your stuff before you shut the machine down because the next time you turn the computer on, there's no guarantee that uh, it's going to come. Y- you know that it, that it'll be there. So that said, you know these these guys, you know they've been working all day on set and they have all their you know all their shots and what have you. And we send them with with multiple drives and they should be you know they the the, the process is that you back your stuff up as you shoot if possible. So although some people shoot really fast and you don't have enough time, but you know, you, you generally, you can't really leave. You can't tear down your rig until you have two copies of that minimum, you know, on two different drives. Um, so sometimes these guys are stuck, you know, on set waiting for fucking files to transfer, which, which, which really sucks. So, so speed, um, became a concern. And again, on top of that, um, since we were renting these higher resolution backs, um, you know, 
with you know, P65s instead of P45s, et cetera, these files, are just, they're just getting bigger, and they just take longer to process. Sure. Um, so that was the, uh, the sort of the, the focus of what I was, I was after um, as far as upgrades were concerned. So I did, did a bunch of research, and I, I decided that I was going to replace all of our eight-core Mac Pros, which were two years old, with uh, the new 12-core Mac Pros. Okay. And, and they're all using the Phase 1 stuff? Yeah, our primary uh, software is Capture 1, which is Phase 1's Okay, Now, is Capture software. 1 uh, well multi-threaded? It really is. In fact, I think it's some guy – I read some really great article that I think uh, Lloyd Chambers put together. I can't remember. Somebody, one of those nerds. Um, and they did a side-by-side processing raw files, and Capture 1 – uh, really stole the show. I mean, it's it's actually the guys who write that really knew how to how to take advantage of all the cores and how to how to take advantage of memory as well. Um, as far as you know, keeping the overhead as low as possible. So um, that that all said, and you know, with RAM prices being where they are today, um, I basically designed I, I put together a machine that was a 12 core Mac Pro uh, with 24 gigabytes of RAM. And uh, a smallish, I think we got the 240 gigabyte uh, solid state disks as uh, as boot disks. Well, it's not actually smallish for uh, SSD. Yeah, <laughs> it's that, a pretty big SSD. Well, I, I couldn't. Well, I didn't want to. I wanted to get something that would last for two years, you know, size wise, mm-hmm. um, and something that well, you it's could. Just, is that just for the OS, or they're not? It's it, that's just them. the boot drive exactly. The it, the the, th- the theory was that if all else fails you, you generally with the ssds because they're not super fast with the read write they're really more about just read um well the new ones are really fast with right did you buy the ssds from apple no no we got the we got the we i had a one of our vendors was owc uh other world okay. computing and well, we got a really nice their read writes are faster than a hard drive aren't they they are but but um when you're doing the kind of volume that we're doing uh with yeah. the size of the files it's it, it's a it's a wash you know it's a little over and i and i figured since we have the, the the we have the money and and the space in the computer, it would make more sense to to uh, work with a scratch disk that was basically comprised of two fast uh, seventy two hundred RPM uh, serial ATA drives. Right. So, RAID so one, yeah, or no RAID, RAID zero. zero, yeah, striped them. So now, did you do that in the the Mac software RAID or did I did you? I did I experimented with um, with the uh, there's a product called Soft RAID. Which which is a little bit more robust as far as its features are concerned. It has um, a, be- a much better, more um, informative and, and interactive user interface as far as like letting you know when stuff is going on. Because the Apple RAID cards are crazy expensive. Oh no no, that's hardware. Um, and yeah, and that makes sense because you know you're basically adding a, a hardware controller to it. But for if you're just yeah. striping or mirroring, if you're just doing something really simple like that. Um, you don't. I mean, the, hard, the hardware is nice if you have it, but it's not. It's not a, a deal breaker. You can't. It's not like you can do it without it. Right. Um, so if you I, I, the hardware the RAID card comes in if you want to do uh, a RAID five, you know, and, sure. you, and you need parity and you want you know redundancy in that whole thing. But if you're just looking for speed or safety as far as a stripe or a mirror, um, the the latest incarnation of of Apple's Disk Utilities RAID function is actually it's the well, it's the best it's ever been. Uh, I can I can remember being a number one opponent of it like two three versions ago and was like you know stay away it's it's dangerous and it doesn't inform you when it fails and and it's yeah. and it's slow and this and that but <clears throat> i did some testing and between soft raid and apple's disk utility uh raid it's uh it's pretty much the same exact thing 
So, okay. so uh, yeah, so we basically used – so I stuck – you know, I got a, a nice deal on a big box of 20 or 30 uh, Hitachi DeskStar, you know, one terabyte um, 7200 RPM drives. I think they were like – they wound up being like 50 bucks each or something like that, which was retarded. Um, so I stuck, stuck a pair of those in each machine. Uh, set them up as a stripe and then for safety i used a third drive um as a storage drive so now each machine when you turn it on it basically has the ssd set up with the os and the applications and what have you uh Mm -hmm. then it has a storage volume which is a standalone uh I think it's either a one or two terabyte volume. It's whatever the inter- when you when you buy a machine from Apple, you ha- it has to have a hard drive. So I just basically turn that you know the stock drive into that drive right. into the storage drive, and then the the, the pair of uh, one terabyte drives got turned into a nice big fast two terabyte scratch disk, which I also configured Photoshop to use for its its tasks. And CS five is actually pretty damn peppy, dude. When you uh, when you tune that to work with the twenty four gigs of RAM and and a nice big fast two gig uh, sorry two terabyte scratch sure. disk it's it's pretty damn fast especially um, when you're using a 64-bit kernel and a whole lot of ram exactly so that's the basic uh rig that i put together and um i've been getting really good feedback from the guys i mean we've only had these things up and running well, compared for a couple to whatever of weeks. They, they had what two-year-old octa-cores <laughs> with how much ram were than the old ones eight <laughs> Oh, well, uh, that, it's you know what if you if you had bumped the ram of those up to 24 you probably would have gotten 80 percent of the way there and and honestly that's what we're doing so and and this is a little embarrassing but apparently the way the company had been rolling in the past is they would take the capture machines the machines that we send out in the field and they would roll those down to the retouchers um and you know and so the retouchers were rolling uh with four core machines you know old first gen mac pros right so i was like okay we need to get this sorted out so i was yeah. making a lobby to get everybody 12 core machines and like well okay that's that's a little expensive well, yeah, the retouchers unless they're doing a lot of like raw exporting are not which, using the cores anyway exactly which they're not and so we, we actually did a little testing of our own and we we, we had a one of our higher end one of our Rockstar retouchers uh, volunteered to to test out this configuration of the SSD with the scratch disks and the, the whole the RAM and everything in an eight core machine. And he's like, "Dude, this is like night and day." So we basically, for about twelve hundred bucks, we were able to revitalize all of our eight core machines, yeah. uh, which we have a bunch of. Uh, so you know, very little stuff we do is CPU bound. Like no, it's very true. little. It's just it's, raw processing is the, is the thing. That's one of the few things that's really processor I know. intensive. I, I, I've even considered, I mean, I was thinking of upgrading my computer and then I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to, I have 12 gigs in here now. Just put more RAM and faster disks, man. That's what you want. I know. And I've got an SSD and I've got fast two terabyte drives in here. So nice. I think I'm just going to go to 24 gigs eventually. Yeah. 24 is the, is the sweet spot too. We actually did some testing, um, bought a bunch of RAM and ramped it up from eight to 12 to 16 to 24 to 32. How much RAM do you give Photoshop? We let the auto, we let it do its thing. I think it, it defaults to maybe 16 or 18, whatever the, okay. whatever the app basically asks for. I think it's 80% or something yeah. like that. And uh, again, I, we haven't, I haven't had enough time to really put Photoshop through its paces just because it's, I mean, as far as digital capture is concerned, it's not our, it's not our primary concern. Um, as, it's not as big of a concern as, uh, as Capture One is. And then the other cool thing is that Phase One just released Capture One version 6. Um, which is a a pretty major upgrade um, as far as Capture One history is concerned. Uh, the, the the main version, like the, the 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 whatever you want to call it, the watershed version, the big version that everyone that kind of everyone adopted and got to know really well was version three. And it took a really you know, and then and then Phase One, naturally, like any software company, you know, they kept developing it. And version four, 
I think was the first one that was truly carbon, like Mac OS ten native. Okay. And uh, it, it kind of sucked. A lot of people, it, it was crashy and unreliable, and it just put a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And they revolted, and nobody was using it for. So, so it took them a whole version to you know to get to version five before people would, were willing to give it another chance. And then also. Uh, I guess smartly or maybe out of necessity, uh, phase one made it so that you couldn't use the newest backs, the newest higher resolution, faster backs without the latest version of the software. So when the P45 and the P65 started to come out a couple years ago, um, it would only work with Capture One version five, and version five, okay. in, it seemed like they, it was like the fix for version four. It's like okay, we learned our lessons. You know, the, version four was like the, you know, was the first attempt to make it native, and now that we've made it native, now we're going to stabilize it and, and make it work. Uh, and so finally, we, you know, it took us. Uh, it really, we actually had some photographers still, as as recently as nine months ago, still preferring Capture One three. Um, but finally, we got everybody on board with Capture One five, and now Capture One six is sort of like the the tuned release. It's like it's like okay, now we now that we have it running, now we're going to really now we're going to really rock it. Uh, and they did a really good job, I think. There, there's some really nice user interface improvements, uh, file naming, smart albums. Um, they even made this cute little iPhone or I, iOS app called the the Pilot, which allows you to set up an iOS device uh, as a remote viewer. So you can even have it transmit, you know, your the contents of a, of a folder. Like if you're capturing to a specific folder, you can have it shove a little low res. <clears throat> Actually, not so low res, but but you know, so it's you, like can, a you can have an iPad over with the with client. the client exactly on the couch, and then as the captures come in, it's not instantaneous, but it's pretty damn fast. And I can see in a studio situation where you're not banging out like a dozen frames a minute, um, you know, if you're just doing one every once in a while, it could be really cool, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, that's just a handful, of, and it's 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 64 bit now. So um, if you have the right hardware to take advantage of it, it's it's fucking fast. So um, so it's been really it's been really neat, kind of getting that stuff into place. Um, and we're also finally finally starting to turn our turn our backs on the older versions of the software. Like um, our original uh, setup had both CS3 and CS4 as far as Adobe was concerned, and now. We're starting with just just CS5 because I've, I've also when it comes to color profiles and printing and stuff like that, the different sure. versions of Photoshop can get kind of in each other's way, and yep. uh, <clears throat> we've been having some trouble with that. So I'm, I'm trying to start fresh. I'm trying to get everybody on a fresh current page. And, and does uh, it make you want to put SSDs in all of your computers? That's exactly what we did. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 made it, I made it so that every single production computer that we have, a retouching laptops and capture, will all have SSDs as boot drives. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's been pretty sweet so far, man. I gotta say, you know, it's funny. I have a I've you know my little uh, unibody first generation unibody MacBook. Yeah, the thirteen th- inch thirteen inch MacBook, right? Um, and it's 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 you know now two years old. Yeah, over two years old. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's fine. It's got four gigs of RAM in it and whatever it is. And like the only thing that I would think, and it's like, oh yeah, I could replace it. But what do I, I never really use this thing except for Skype and, you know, if I'm traveling or whatever, you know, little stuff. Sure. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just buy a $250 SSD and, you know. Yeah, there you go. Because I don't need a lot of stuff on there. That would definitely uh, make it faster. I know. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, I have a 80 gig Intel second generation in my desktop is my boot drive and it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's funny. You don't need that much space for. I mean, I my my OS and all of my apps and everything like that. And it's like 50 gigs I'm using. 
Yeah, you know. that's about, our, our disk image is 22 right now. I know. So you probably could have even gotten 120 gig drives for those things. I could, but I, 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 was, I wanted to get a deal because I wanted to buy in bulk. <clears throat> and I did. Yeah. OWC took good care of me. Um, and I also wanted to put these drives into laptops where they, were, you know, where they very well might be capturing to it. Right, and, right, right. And right. basing the, the figures on an average capture job costing somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to 80 gigs, uh, a small drive like that would be very would Too be, small. Would be pushing I got you. it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so that's all you bought computer and, and phase one or you got more? Oh no, I got some more stuff too. Um, I mean, those, those are the biggies. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other things. The other, other major, uh, investment that we made, uh, was in displays. Um, we've been an ISO or ASO as they say it, um, shop since, since the get go standardizing on the 21 inch series, the CG, uh, two, one, series we had two tens that was and two elevens yeah those great displays man built like tanks um really you know just really nicely designed solid um, just a little small and a little low res a little bit but but again for for what we were doing it was it was perfect uh you know and they held the calibration really really well uh the, the retouchers love the color uh and you know the photographers on set just you know they see the they see the iso iso name and they you know recognize it and then everybody's all happy and comfortable uh unfortunately uh, Azo decided this year to discontinue the 21 series. Uh, okay. So, you know, you'd think we just replaced the 220, uh, sorry, the 210s and the 211s with two, 212s or whatever, but they don't, they don't make a 212. So we were sort of putting into a tough spot to decide on what do we do now? What do we replace these with? Um, so we did a little bit of experimenting, a little bit of research, and we decided that we would go, we would stick, stick with Azo, and we decided on the 243 which is a 24 inch model. Uh, same. I used to have a 240. Yeah, same height as the 20, as the 210 or the 21 series, uh, but about you know four inches wider on either side, um, <clears throat> which is great. Um, we we'd rented one in the past, and we we're, we're starting. To, we actually, as I, as I might have mentioned, we're getting into the video thing now. So our our, our video workstations all have those, and they're great. And one of the things that I'm really jazzed about um, with these with these new systems is that um, the the two, the 243 specifically one of the there's several 240 series machine uh, monitors there's like the 241 the 242 and the 243 uh, the 243 is the higher end one which has some built in um, color calibration modes like set, you know factory calibrated so to speak so I mean you, you could still custom calibrate your own but if you're doing broadcast work like like Simpty or uh, Rec 7 sure. or 709 or whatever the hell it is. It has a bunch of those built in, which is kind of nice. But the other thing, the, re- the, real, the real reason I wanted to get it is because they all have DisplayPort inputs on them now. So they have two DVI inputs and a DisplayPort input. And something you might not have known is that if you get the, uh, the Mac Pro with the high-end uh, I think it's an ATI or I can't remember if it's an ATI it or has N- N- NVIDIA. It has three outs on it now. Because it's so big, I yeah. think it's got a gigabyte of RAM, which is insane, um, and it can do uh, one. It has one DVI and two mini DisplayPort outs on it, so you can drive up to three displays from one card, which is nice. But right. two of those displays are mini DisplayPort. So when we set up our rig on set, um, our, our traditional setup is to basically have one uh, one display on the on the desk with the computer for the operator for the tech, and then another display on an extension usually as as far away as 
25 or 30 feet for the photographer and it gets stuck on a, on a stand, you know, so that like the you know, photographer sitting there out on the set, whatever. Uh, and then he can just look over to his left or right and there's the giant Azo with his, his, his preview on it, which is kind of nice. Gotcha. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but a 30 foot DVI cable, uh, is fucking huge, expensive, fragile, and unwieldy. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're a pain in the ass. And I always had to send two in case one failed. Um, and you know, so I have this whole, I have this, just this giant ass stack of, of, uh, of, you know, long ass DVI cables, which also have to be snaked together with a power cable and oftentimes a USB cable too. Um, and that was <clears throat> never a fun thing to have to troubleshoot and sort out when they broke. So I did some, some more research and put some stuff together and, um, settled on uh, a display port based solution. Uh, for our extension cables. And rather than trying to, it turns out you can't, nobody seems to make display port uh, cables longer than 15 feet, uh, okay. which is fine. So I did some experimenting and it turns out you can plug in a 15 foot display port cable into a 15 foot extension cable and it works just fine. You can't, you can't double up though. You can't plug two extension cables into each other with another one and it'll, it won't, it won't work. It's too long. I think right. it, I think it tops out at about 35 30. feet, something like that, okay. but that's fine. So, uh, the folks at Geffen, G-E-F-E-N, uh, I know them, yeah. Yeah, make a nice uh, combo USB mini display port extension cable. So it's basically just like a two a two cable snake. Um, so what I did was I got a, a handful of those and then a handful of straight up um, 15 foot mini display port to display port, you know, full size display port uh, cables yep. and then some some pairing and, I, and then I paired up some. 15 foot USB cables, just regular A to B, and then some 15 foot power cables. I got a 15 foot regular, you know, plug into the wall on one side and then IEC into the back of your computer on the other side, and then 15 foot uh, just regular old extension cables, you know, with with a female on one end and a male on the other end. And so what I've done is I've made these modular extensions, like snakes. So, So now you have... A 15-foot snake, which you can easily, you know, just by plugging it into an, an extension, turn it into a 30-foot snake. Um, and I found this really nice uh, cable wrap. The, the the wrap that we had before was this really gnarly, shiny nylon stuff because it was, you know, it was it was like an inch and a half thick. It was really, really heavy. Um, but since this new this new bundle is, is less than it's almost half an inch. I mean, it's less than half the size. Um, I was able to get this nice kind of like much tighter weave, much snugger fitting, and much less unwieldy and then now, now the entire thing it's like a third of the uh of the of the other one so and i can i can afford to put put two of these in each kit you know for the space it used to cost Backup, me for yeah. one yeah it's really really nice so that was a nice uh a nice upgrade so now you know and then the display port connector physically is just so much less frustrating than just the dvi with the pins yeah you know we'd get sure. pins and then you have to deal with those stupid thumb screws and sometimes the connection was loose and you get this weird junk on the screen and and it would get you know sometimes it gets so bad that you'd have to restart the computer um, at least with these things, the connections lock. At least the dis- the full size DisplayPort connectors slot, uh, lock on the actual ISO, um, and you know and the mini DisplayPort connectors have a nice snug, solid fit. Um, so I'm pretty psyched about that. Um, the last thing that we got, which I'm also very psyched about, are these uh, cases. So it turns out that the new giant 24 inch ISOs don't yep. fit in our tried and true Tenba Air cases we we have a, a reasonable investment in tenba air uh t- t- if you go to tenba.com and you look at the you know their air series it's their top of the line um extremely well put together uh you know cordura foam plastic whatever you want to call it uh composite uh road cases 
and they make one that, that basically is custom fit for the old Power Mac G5 slash Mac Pro form factor. Uh, where you put the computer in and then there's like a little panel on the side where you have room for your keyboard and tablet and other cables yep. and what have you. And, and, and it's a, it's a really terrific product. I mean, th- those guys put those together extremely well and they've, they've taken a hell of a beating from our guys over the years and they have built in, um, you know, roller carts, uh, just a, a simple like steel based, you know, telescoping handle, uh, two, two nice big wheels on the bottom. You just kind of put up the handle, pull up the handle and tip it over. And it's, you're just pulling it behind you like a, like a big suitcase. Um, the problem is, you know, so, and the nice thing about those is that they're big enough that I can actually fit two of the 21 inch ISOs in there. Uh, as long as I take the base off of one of them, um, okay. which is since, since like I mentioned before, our st- sort of standard setup, um, includes putting, one of the ISOs on a, on a stand with a, you know, with a bracket anyway. So, you know, the guys always wind up taking the, the second base off. So we're like, screw it. We'll just leave it home. You know, if you're not going to use it and then, I, then we could save you a whole case. So I can actually make it so that, you know, our, our standard pack now has one computer case for the computer and then another case for both of the displays, um, Perfect. which is really cool. Yeah. But the problem is these new giant 24 inch ISOs do not fit in that case. They're just a little too tall. Uh, or too wide, depending on how you turn them. And uh, unfortunately, that meant I would have to make a new investment in some new cases for the big guys. So um, did some research, and turns out that uh, Tenba does make a case that's a perfect fit for those guys, but it doesn't have wheels on it. Um, it's just you know, it's just like a, a big box with handles on it and straps. And, and you know, they're not that heavy. The, right. the the displays are actually the 24s weigh about the same as the 21s, um, but. We, we pretty much have to have wheels. So I called up Tenba and they, I wound up talking to the dude in the factory in Sunset Park, <laughs> you know, on 33rd Street or whatever in Brooklyn. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's this? I think he's, I would guess he's Chinese. I'm not sure what. Um, but uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. We can make you, you know, we'll make whatever you want. So I basically, we, you know, we looked at the website and the catalog and it turns out they make this iMac, this 27 inch iMac case that is a little bigger or a little longer uh, and has wheels on the side so that you actually pull it um lengthwise instead of widthwise um and it's like we can do that because the you know with these wider cases you want to you don't want to put the you don't you want to put the wheels on the longer edge because you might not be able to fit through doors with that whereas if you put them on the shorter edge you can pull it sideways and then you know it's a lower profile it's not as comfortable to, to drag behind you but it's still more practical so sure. i'm like let's do that so yeah so we basically put in an order for a few of those guys uh and we just got them in last week and I'd done some measurements uh, beforehand, and fortunately, I was correct with my calculations, and I was able to replicate the same exact setup where I can fit two of the 24-inch displays into one case, uh, as long as I leave one of the bases off. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so uh, so that all came together last week, and that was a really, a really fun moment. And um, and yeah, so now I now I basically have these really sweet rigs all put together for the for the dudes and uh, i'm still i've still a lot of work to go I, I haven't finished putting together all of the new computers and we also bought i didn't mention this but this isn't a big deal uh a handful of the 17 inch i7 macbook pros which i also sure. put the ssds in and those are fantastic um and uh what else that's that's pretty much it i mean it's a lot of stuff dude sure it's <laughs> a lot of gear yeah um you know it took me a long time to get it all sorted out and um it's been it's been fun. It's a lot of work, but it's been. And they it's won't been fun. need to buy new stuff for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, and that was the goal. You know, I was basically just kind of projecting out this will last another two years, and uh, and uh, we'll see how it all holds up. 
that's fun. Yeah. I love, I love doing that stuff. I mean, I love doing it for myself, but especially if you're in a situation like that where you're buying stuff that you would never be able to afford yourself, that's even more fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, it is kind of fun to, to be able to do that. I'm just trying to think of this. Although, you know, sometimes, too, it's good. It, it allows you to, let's see, how do I put this? To get off without having to pay for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get, to, you get to buy the expensive stuff. You get to play with it for a while enough so you get to the point where you're like, yeah, I don't really need this, but it's really cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, totally. So that, so that you, lose, you sort of lose the feeling like, oh, man, if I just had 50 grand to buy that back, it'd be like... Nah. Okay, yeah, this is really nice, but I don't need it. Right. You know. Exactly. Yeah. No, I understand. No, it's it's great. Um and uh, you know, it's it also it's nice for me because this way it's like uh I'm the one who spec'd it all out and I'm the one who built it all. So now when it comes time to supporting it and taking care of it, um I'm a little bit more confident, you know, in the whole thing. Yeah. Whereas before with Hope. my old stuff, it was all inherited and, you know, based on decisions that I had nothing to do with and you know. Blah blah blah. Hopefully, there won't be any weird failures in any of the stuff you chose. Yeah, well, I'm I'm ready for it. I mean, the guys are psyched enough to like to you know I, I'm I'm pretty good at managing expectations, and you know I was telling them all like, look, here's let's here's the safe way to do this, you know, just to make sure this and this, and and some of them are like, okay, thank you, I'm just I'm going to do it the the crazy way just because I want to go as fast as possible. Like, all right, just just know that it's yeah. on you if, if it doesn't work, yeah. and they're like, that's fine, that's fine, and it's been good, so. Um, yeah, we, we also picked up a couple of new printers and a couple of new tablets and some bags and little, little odds and ends. It was a, it was a, yeah, sure. it was a big, uh, a big giant pile of stuff, um, which I'm just about done digging my way out of. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's been a good experience. You know, maybe, uh, next week we can talk a little bit about all these new projects I'm working on. Yeah. You've got That's some new stuff fun. going, uh, going on with the whole new year and all that, right? I do have a number of different things going on, but, uh, you know, it's just a whole lot of shooting most of the time. That's great. But, uh, but yeah, it's good. But, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Okay. That was fun talking about some gear. I haven't talked about gear in a while. Yeah. I figured it was, uh, it's a good change of pace. We should, we should yeah. do it every, you know, every, I don't know, four or five episodes just cause. No, absolutely. In fact, we could go into some of the stuff we actually use. Because we ever actually talk about all the lighting stuff that we have? <laughs> I don't think we ever got around to it. All right. Well, let's put that on the hopper, too. Okay. All right. And uh, we'll see you next week, Dan. Take care, buddy. All right. Bye. Bye. bye.